0: 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. And that's an interesting word choice, right? People will not endure it. They're not going to endure sound teaching, so correct teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions.
1: I feel like that's already happening. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's how you end up with, like you said, a bunch of the preachers that are... You know, like either adulterers or identify as
0: one of the thousand genders or a carrot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, but.
2: So, lettuce wolf. What do you say? Uh, he identifies as a lettuce roll.
0: Let. Yeah, that's that's good. At least that's like that's a healthy option.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what you saying? Or a banana hammock.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: That means that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that means someone's got to wear you. I don't know about that one. That one's rougher. That mm. uh, one. So, did this just start happening though? Is this a new thing where where people don't want to sit through sound teaching? They don't want to sit through theologically sound teaching and they want to accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions is this like a new thing with what's going on right now in culture no.
2: This has been a thing
1: I, don't I don't feel like it's new but i feel like it's like accelerating like it used yeah. to be like every now and again like there'd be one verse people didn't really like and they but i feel like now it's just like I think it came along with like the internet and so much information could go by so quickly. And
0: yeah, I don't know. No, that's absolutely true.
1: Blasted yeah. off into one of Elon's
0: rockets into space. <laughs> I mean, it's been, ha- it's been happening forever. It was happening in the new Testament. You had people doing that and that's uh, part of the reference of what he's saying, what Paul's saying, but also think prosperity preaching. That's a really good example. <laughs> Prosperity preaching is exactly that. It's to suit people's own needs, um, specifically the teacher, but also the people, because they think they're going to get something out of it. That's why they listen to a prosperity preacher. They don't listen to them because they're motivating, because they're not. Their entire spiel is about getting money and that God owes you things. You are owed this and you are owed that. And this should be coming to you so people will sit and they'll listen to that shit all day long oh god i already failed they'll listen to that crap all day long but now yeah it's it's accelerated and with the yeah. with with the coming of the internet everything good and everything bad all of it accelerated massively massively and then you see then you see like consider so consider new testament days old testament days you had how is the bible transcribed so that dude over here could have it. Some scribe had to sit in a room with ink and a pen that did not work like ours. It didn't hold ink. You had to dip it, then write a word or two, then dip it again. So you have these people manually rewriting every word out of the Septuagint and then every word out of the New Testament And then passing it to somebody else and then passing it to somebody else. Beyond that, all you have is oral tradition. You have conversations, you have stories, you have mythology, things that are told. But for information to travel, it was like, it was not easy. It was a, it was a whole thing. Even to talk to somebody, even uh, oral tradition and oral stories, you had to travel somewhere, whether it was down the street or in a different town or whatever. And if you're traveling to a different town, it's like, no, you don't have a car. You've got like a donkey. Or you've got possibly some kind of horse or camel or something, but you have like, you have geographic restrictions, and so only so much information can travel, and only so much information can travel so quick, and so you have these false teachers in the New Testament, and word would travel about them. Like the New Testament is, uh, in and of itself, is one example where we hear about certain people like Bar Jesus, these these magicians or these false prophets or whatever. But it took a lot of time for that to travel. And so there wasn't that much of it and it didn't get that crazy and deep. But now one prosperity preacher hits the algorithm right on YouTube and millions of people hear them instantly. Like immediately, and they take all of that in and things nowadays like we talk about Satanism. We talk about Luciferianism and how these things are becoming normalized. Satanism is not the worship of Satan. That's like a very common misunderstanding. Luciferianism is the worship of Satan. Satanists don't believe in the devil. Satanists don't believe in God. That's not what they believe in. They they use the satanic, you know, BS kind of culture, the the red devil and the horns and the like Sam Smith, his music videos that people have been all riled up about, where he's dressed as the devil and doing this crazy shit. He that's not that's not Luciferianism. He's not actually worshiping Satan. That entire thing is just a gimmick. But Satanists are just worship of worshipers of self. They worship themselves. Everything is about pleasure. Everything is about the flesh, everything about getting what I want, what I need, my personal desires. It's all that. And now, cultures become obsessed with that. And when it's become obsessed with that, it's abandoned anything that's good. And then the algorithms we have, they're literally created and coded to perpetuate that. They're not coded to perpetuate somebody reading the Bible on a live stream. It's going to dunk you in the algorithm for that. But if we came on here and we're talking about Satanism and doing little dances and we're all provocative and half the people had their shirts off, we would fly in the algorithm. And then you have culture just take that in and take that in and take that in. It feeds their desires. It tells them this is normal. This is OK. And that feels good. So why would I stop doing that? I'm just going to keep doing that. Culture is OK with that. God's basically disappeared in this generation. I'm just going to keep doing it. He says, I don't have the body for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's but absolutely crazy.
1: I, I feel like, yeah, that I feel like that's. And true. I also feel like, like you said, um like so many people, it you, you gets put out there so much, like you said, and some people hear it. And I feel like some people that might be like teetering on, like they may have gone to church in the past, or they maybe like have those few things in their life where they're kind of keeps them from being a Christian. And then they see and hear that stuff. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I can't, you know, because they say it's okay. You know, yeah. they're uh, this, and I do the same thing. And and I feel like it just keeps, it's kind of like the, you know, say you can have something at 100 and then somebody's like, well, ninety-five's not that far off. So you go to 95 and like, well, ninety's not that far off. You know, and you just keep, it keeps getting pecked away at. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: What is it? What does that remind you of from, uh, I'll give you a hint from, from Corinthians. Paul talked about it and i brought it up a good amount, but what does that Uh-oh. example leading people astray remind you of? dinner table what to do not to do what to eat not to eat the just
1: oh. like everything is legal but not everything is yeah i mean, that was the food but. yeah no
0: it's but it's a, it's a it's the same thing
2: sanity. it's not for, conscience. A, for you but it's for their conscience
0: yeah not right? for your conscience yeah. but for their conscience that's a, that was the whole meat at the market that's the entire principle behind it is that you guys, you may know, and in that scenario, obviously he's talking about strong Christians, but weak, weak Christians or weak people would be, it'd be the same outcome, is that these other yeah, non-believers or weak Christians are going to see that prosperity preaching or that whatever it is, that LGBTQ pastor. And they're going to, like you said, they're going to think that's okay. And that starts very small, but that spreads out. And that's like, like five, when I move to where I live, um, I saw LGBTQ churches, they existed. The seminary I was in my master's program with yeah. had rainbow streamers up in the hallway and stuff. It was it was a it was a small part of the big reason, along with some life stuff that I left, but that it existed, it was around and I was like, wow, that's really odd. Because in Florida, I really didn't see that at all. But now the number of churches I drive by because I drive for work, I drive from the bottom of Illinois to the top of Illinois pretty much every single week, several times. And so the number of churches that I see that have rainbow flags, that's that have either Black Lives Matter or well, one of them had the, the pedo flag, which I don't know if you know what that looks like. It looks very similar to the LGBTQ flag, but it's like baby blue top and bottom and then different shades of pink and then white, I think. But they had that outside of a church which is becoming normal uh,
2: it might be the transgender flag no 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 the transgender no. flag and the pedophile flag are very very similar oh i
0: know believe me i know They're it's very it's similar. that one though so they they had the rainbow flag they had the trans flag they had a black lives matter and then they had the pedo flag all of them oh my god. all of them outside of a church but it's a good representation or example of exactly the principle that drew's kind of talking about is it starts very small First, you have one or two churches in a state that do that. And first, it's just bringing them in and maybe maybe involving them in some of the church matters. And then it's elevating them to some of church leadership. And then it's they run that church. And then they talk to other leadership or other people around the state. Why aren't you guys doing this? What's going on? You're not. Blah, blah, blah. You're not inclusive. You're not being inclusive. And then they do it and then they do it and then they spread it and then they do it and then they spread it and it all just branches out. And then it becomes what? It becomes culture, Christian culture. It becomes Christian culture. The same thing happened with prosperity preaching, but it was more of a financial gain. These guys saw how successful some of these televangelists were and they're like, damn, I want that. That looks real easy. I can be a pastor and not make 30 grand. Cool. Let's do that. That sounds way better. Well,
1: that and how you know, much money—like, not to just pick on Black Lives Matter, but like they brought in like what, like eighty something million dollars, or maybe more than that, in like a year. Like, imagine if
0: it was a lot, yeah.
1: And I'm sure some of them accepting that stuff is gonna bring—it's gonna bring more people into the church, not the right people. Maybe. Oh, for sure. I mean, but you're gonna get more congregants, and they're gonna want to donate more money because they're like, "Hey, you're on our team," you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Which is, I
2: honestly wanted to drop out of college when I first saw my uh, LGBT church that was on campus and I've had the rainbows and everything. And this was right before Black Lives Matter really started kicking off.
0: Isn't that so wild, it really, man?
2: It's so crazy. Isn't that wild? It's
0: it. it's not about being a Christian. It's not about virtues. It's not about morals. And it's not about God. It's that's literally you'll. God I could I could say a lot so I'm going to keep it short but you have you have a faith-based community that completely stems on this one thing worshipping God and then mm-hmm. now you have this group that is that is like a Trojan horse essentially coming into the church and they're not even really trying to make it about them they're just trying to make it not about God. They don't care what it's about. It can be about the trans community. It can be about BLM. It can be about just democratic anything. They just want the focus off of God. They want you not thinking about morality. They want to twist your morality. They want you not thinking about worship. They want you thinking about what they're showing you. They want you to think about inclusiveness. They want you to think about, you got ESG scores. They want you to care about that crap and not be concerned with, The reason that you're actually there, the reason that you wear the title of a Christian or, or even a Jew, what any of it, but it's Christianity is what's truly taking the hit from the LGBTQ thing. How often do you hear about that in like a synagogue or in a Buddhist temple or anywhere? How often do you even see it in like an Orthodox church? You don't, you don't Catholics too. This is the one thing that I truly praise Catholics for. They have not let this happen yet. At least that I, not that I'm aware of. I'm sure that it's happened. I'm sure that it's happened. But it's not as predominant as the non-denominational Christians because they, they're they not grounded. They're not grounded. They're very free for all. They're very new age. It's all about love and Christ. It's all, you know, everything's oh, forgiveness. God. Everything's forgiveness. And so they're already wishy-washy. And that is that is what lukewarm is. So no shh. The churches who are full of lukewarm are the ones who are being completely torn apart by wicked parts of culture. It makes it makes absolute sense.
1: The Methodist and Episcopal churches are
0: who gone. Gone. They're gone. The Methodist churches are the worst. The worst.
2: Something that uh, my husband and I noticed when um, our son was just a couple of months old and we were looking for a Jewish community center because we couldn't find him to go to daycare and my husband and I both work. One thing we did see was there was a city around this area. And in the Jewish community church, they allow children to be transgenders. And this is a Jewish community center. They're profound on Judaism. You know, they're all about, um, so it's basically a safe haven for trans kids in a Jewish community center that is predominantly by Jews. Like, we're the principal is a actual uh, rabbi. See all this and like all this Like, can't be like this should be a
0: thing. wait you yeah, you cut like the the last like five to ten seconds. Say that again. You were cutting out.
2: Um, I was saying that. Uh, Shoot, um, you're you're like, still gone.
0: You're like still that. gone
2: around the air. I oh, am I. Oh wait,
0: now okay. now you're now you're good. Um, Try one more time.
2: Okay. So, so when we were trying to get our son into the Jewish community center for daycare purposes, they were allowing um, safe haven for transgender children.
0: Like from their parents. Yes. Holy well,
2: not necessarily from their parents, but also in it, you know, if the parents are just like, okay, my kids are transgender, it's like, oh, this is a Jewish community center, we're welcome here. And it wow. bringing people, the bring trans youth,
1: into the community center to have them streets as we live it again. So,
0: pandering, pandering. pandering. To get people to come. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Lovely. I don't know, isn't that great?
0: How virtuous of the church. I uh, know, there's so
1: much more Christian than I am.
0: Come on, that's so crazy, man. <laughs> you
1: no know disrespect
2: to anybody, but
0: has What do you say?
2: Here, come here.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, no, what I was stating was that. um our Jewish community center that we wound up going to was just based on the foundation of respect and uh, just don't be an asshole to people and you can stay.
0: Yeah, yeah. God,
1: I apologize for nasty talk. It's, I've,
0: I've already blown it a couple times, so.
1: Yeah, I was about to say
2: the pastor swore. Yeah, I've so. already
0: blown it. I've already blown it.
1: I think at that
2: point, I don't. I don't think nothing matters.
0: No, you're in good company. All's, He's also referring
2: well. to. The First time that him and I went to go see a chaplain together and he dropped the f bomb, and then here I am just like grabbing the pearls and freaking out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, we I've met chaplains that used to be uh they used to stack bodies and now they're men of God, so
0: yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, it happens,
1: yeah, I mean, happens. We've met people who have taken the lives of countless people. But now it's just like, nah, we live for God now.
0: Yeah. Hey, some of that'll change you too.
1: Mm-hmm. You see
0: uh you see enough death, it'll make you think something.
2: Oh yeah, you're not wrong.
0: That's for sure. I
2: dealt with it every day.
0: Yeah, you do in your context for sure. All right. Here uh here's another one. First John two fifteen through sixteen. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him not in him definitive words the greek agrees for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father but is of the world so again do not love the world or the things in the world that's very broad if anyone loves the world broad the love of the father is not in him meaning things that paul has said uh, and i think peter actually talks about it too that you you cannot eat at the table of the lord and the table of demons at the same time. It's not possible. It's one or the other. No matter how how much you think it's both or maybe you you're at the table of the lord and you're doing just just this or that, just that or this. No, you're gone. This is in numerous places. It says you do not know God. Because you can't do that. And I talk about it all the time and it's always the hot take is that I don't believe somebody can have that realization where you come to understand that God is real, just in a general sense, and then take it to like Jesus specifically and the gospel in and of itself, but just that God is real as we understand him, who he is, that he is a real thing that created all of this and that there is some kind of plan and that there are objective truths to life, that morality exists, I don't believe you can have that just epiphany of a moment and then continue on doing all this stuff you were doing before. Everybody falls, everybody trips, everybody stumbles, everybody has issues, sure. But the the condition of your heart, who you are, I believe changes. Because I've experienced that personally, obviously. And, and I've known a bunch of people who have experienced it personally. For some people, it's subtle. It's not like this magical light of ray of light and shit. I didn't have that. It was a subtle thing, but I came, there was a moment where I came to a intelligent, completely coherent understanding that this is true. And then because of that truth, there are other implications. And then I could not go on living the same way I was living. I couldn't. It was a compulsion to live adverse to the way I had been living. And that's, that's the kind of experience that I've gotten from a lot of people that I've talked to. So I don't, I don't believe somebody who experiences that can, can be Christian. I I really don't. Somebody who doesn't experience that. I don't believe they're Christian. And I feel personally that the Bible completely backs that up, but I don't feel like Mm -hmm. that's a normal agreed upon, concept. I feel like I take a lot of heat when I say stuff like that.
1: I, I like when, like I've said before, I like when I take heat or when, like when I'm offended by something, like somebody says, like that, cause like, it's true. And the reason you're offended, and you don't like it's probably because you're doing something wrong. And because it's you. Yeah, you just kind of right. got called out, which I love when that happens, because then I get to fix it. You know, when I was younger, and like, I first started you know, being you know, the ch- church guy and wanting to be Christian and stuff, and started yeah. whittling stuff out of the way.
0: It's true, and I, I think the the more the church becomes dismantled from the inside, uh, the more true that's going to ring. That the more Christians you upset with the things you say, probably means you're on mm-hmm. the right track.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Probably means you're thinking the right thing, which is also just very sad. Yeah, because you're not really allowed to offend anybody nowadays. Oh God, no. Now you go to jail. Yeah. All right. 1 John 3.10. This is another good one. By this, it is evident who are children of God and who are the children of the devil. By actions is the context. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Which is interesting because we're preached by grace alone. Grace only. Actions don't matter. Repent, you're good. Everything is under grace. Which to a degree, theologically, I, I agree with. But there are other points in the Bible like this and like others that they point to the fact that there there has to be some kind of nuance with that. And again, I always take it where I just said, and I I, I believe you become you have a compulsion to do good to change your values, to, to just generally try to be a better person. But it is evident who are children of God by actions and who are children of the devil. Again, by actions, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother, which I love that little addition there, because Christians treat each other like absolute trash, at least online. But from what we've heard in these meetings... Too about people's church stories. They treat each other like trash, no matter what. It seems like, on or offline. But what do you what do you guys again, think about that?
2: About that too. Um, Which part? Because I kind of so I kind of told her about like how my parents are. Well, mainly my mother. um I kind of talked to her about how judgmental she is and how she was judging, you know, you and what you were doing. She was judging me for it. Um, you know, she judged my husband and said, you know, all these hurtful things to me. And she did it because she was misinterpreting the saying, equally yoked. And so her and I, we were just kind of like talking about that over the, uh, I think it was on Friday, I think we talked about this. Yeah. Something like that. It was either Thursday or Friday, then her and I were in a discussion about it. but. It kind of just irritated me just a little bit, but um, obviously not at her, but at my situation.
0: How did that conversation go? The unequally yoked?
2: Um, so my mother says that my husband and I are not equally yoked because he's not a Christian. And that's their only explanation for it. Was that he's a he's a Jew and I'm a Christian?
0: He's a OG Christian.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: all that is. Uh, okay, interesting.
2: So, it's, so she basically said because you were unequally yoked, your uh, marriage is doomed for failure.
0: <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. That's trash.
2: No, like, no looking into how he treats me how he treats how I treat him it was just simply the fact that your marriage is already set up for failure before it even started because he's a Jew and you're a Christian.
0: which which is is funny for a couple of reasons one of them is that if you're going to be with somebody who's not Christian being with the Jew is about as good as it gets so much, and t- I was right thinking. like like unless unless he's just culturally Jewish and he's not yeah. actually Jewish, he's not actually no, he's a practicing Jew. A fa- no, I know, but it, so <laughs> in your context, it's like outside of being with a just diehard Christian, you did the next best thing. Yeah. Where whereas like you could be with a pagan, you could be. I, I love that people don't think <laughs> pagans <laughs> exist. They're rampant <laughs> right now. No, they're huge. Oh, they they're massive. Oh, oh they are. Paganism TikTok. is massive. Go on TikTok for 30 minutes, search some pagan stuff, and then you'll have an entire feed for days on people mm-hmm. who are a pagan. Pagan's big again. It's real big. All it, kinds yeah. of paganism. It's crazy. My
2: husband thinks it's becoming trendy.
0: It's totally become trendy because it, it fits in with the new age thing that, that everything right. is about your personal desire, your personal wants, worshiping God, still, God's plural still comes back to me. It's all about me. Mm -hmm. Everything is self-serving, which is what Satanism is. So that's why Satanism has taken over culture. And that comes in the form of Luciferianism that comes in the form of paganism. It comes in a lot of different Uh forms, but you could, you could have ended up with a pagan. And that, that would be, that would be rough because the whole concept of unequally yoked really comes down to values. It comes down to beliefs and values. And so even if you don't believe the same thing, ideologically or the same thing scripturally or the same thing just ideologically in terms of religion, you could still be absolutely equally yoked because it comes down. What do you think about kids? How are kids to be raised? What are we to teach them about morals? What are we to teach them about values? And whether your partner is Jewish or atheist or, you know, pagan, but not really. Pagan's the one that's probably out. Pretty much anything else. Almost. Almost. You guys could still be yoked equally Mm -hmm. with all of those things and just believe different things about who God is. Or in your case, you believe the Messiah came. He believes the Messiah didn't come. That doesn't really affect any of your day-to-day life. That doesn't affect any of how you raise your children. It doesn't affect anything.
2: No, not really. I mean, like, so he wants to raise our son in a synagogue church, and I want to raise him in a Christian church. Do both. So there's a little bit, yeah, exactly.
0: Do both. That's what I
2: want. That's exactly what I want.
0: Yeah, my my kid goes to both. She she gets Jewish holidays, and she gets, we go to church every Sunday. She gets Christmas. She gets um, Hanukkah. She just did Passover. We just did Easter. She's learning about both. Obviously, when I talk to her, I tell her, I mean, not much now because she's so young and she's, she's super into it, but I don't want to overload her. But I I tell her like, yeah, they're, they're different, but we, we are just the continuation of that. So when you go do Passover, learn, be a part of it, like really get to know it because that's part of our history. And so I'm able to say that. And that's a good spot to be in. Like, as far as so many other people's relationships for you to be with a Jew is like, that's, that's real good. It's real good. Yeah, yeah. And your kid could be super culture, <laughs> real culture. Your kid could be so educated in Jewish history. Like if you guys do it right, your kid's going to be so far ahead. It'll be fabulous. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, I want him to learn Hebrew. So we yeah. let him watch some um, Israeli TV shows. And um, my husband and I are kind of learning with him. Hebrew is such a hard language. It's very hard. I do not recommend it to anyone. It's very hard. Because it stresses me out. Like, I'll sit there when I'm at work, and, you know, I have some free time. And I'll sit there, and I'll watch these kids' shows, and I'm just like, I don't... As soon as I got to the vowels, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I quit. I don't know how to do
0: this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Everything that I thought I knew about the Hebrew language, they go to vowels. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right over the head. It's tough what? for sure. <laughs> oh my on. gosh. Oh I just I just noticed Snipes put in uh it wasn't the just them remembering the promise of God we need to take the rainbow back. I was just talking to somebody oh, yeah. about that. The rainbow's gotta well, be taken back.
1: Well so there's so is there's only a six color, so
0: yeah, but it's the concept, yeah. man. Like how, how oh, much how much are I... they gonna take? How much are they going to appropriate? How Sorry. obvious is it that they're literally just trying to dismantle re- religion and specifically Christianity?
2: Right. Like
0: it's a very obvious goal. It's a very obvious target, and they're doing real good because Christians are are what they're lukewarm as hell, and so they're letting yeah. it happen. Well, he said hell. He said <laughs> hell. <laughs> all right, all yeah, right. I got, I got more. I got more. Here, I got more. Here you go. Either you make the tree. What?
1: I said he doesn't believe in that anyway.
0: That's, hey, that's fair. That's fair. Sheel. <laughs> Sheel. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. I feel like most people know this one. For the tree is known by its fruit. You blood brood vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his own treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. How is that cohesive with what we're taught? It's not. Because we're taught trash. You you, you will be judged for the shit that you say. Predominantly what you say to people. How you affect people. What you do to people. How you talk about people. What's he yelling about now? He's a- About my mouth?
2: <laughs> a... Okay, so my mother and him do not get along, as you can tell. Um, He's getting very stressed out. You're stressing on my husband. Yeah. But <laughs> not in the sense to where, you know, you're in the wrong. He says that, you know, he's He's literally been been saying to me everything that you're saying right now about my mother. (laughs) I literally told her that two months ago, and she
0: said that I was wrong, and her excuse was, well, she just died for me, therefore you're wrong. Ha! Yeah, good luck. (laughs) Actually, actually...
1: she asked me, she said, well, as a Jew, what's going to happen when you stand before Christ when you die?
2: Oh, yeah, that's another thing. She yeah. was born and raised Jewish, but yet she's mad at my husband for being Jewish.
1: Yeah, so it's more my response. is uh, probably going to say something along the lines
0: is, uh, my bad. Yeah, but she she's a, she's a saved Jew, so she's different. Yes. But but yeah, here you go. Her, that's
1: her go-to, though. Is, well, Jesus died for me, meaning I don't have to follow you or hear anything you say to me.
0: No, because not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is heaven. Thank
1: you. Thank no, you. Mm-hmm. no.
0: No, no, no. These people, I feel like there's going to be a rude awakening when, mm-hmm. when certain people die. And it's, the sad thing has been, it's, like, it's, it's not a lot of these people's fault. It's the church's fault. It's the system's I fault. I agree. Because they have done this. They have perpetuated this type of teaching. They have watered everything the hell down. And then they've taught yeah. all these people that. And then just like everything else, man, it travels and it travels and it travels. And then you create culture around it. And then the churches have to do it because now it's become a common belief. And now if you don't right. do it, people aren't going to come to your church. And then we've already talked about that. You're going to lose congregants. You're not going to be able to stay open. You're not going to be able to feed your family. And then you have to stop. Right. It's, it's broken. And that brokenness just it manifests in basically everything we ever talk about and why it's why it's the way it is. It all stems from what has happened to the church probably within the past like 20 years. It's not even been happening that long. The church has been broken forever, 100%. But what's been happening with leading people so far astray? That's relatively new. To the degree that it's happening, like the, the whole saved by grace and nothing else matters. I'm a Christian. Like she said, I'm a Christian. No matter what, I believe in Christ, I'm going to go to heaven. Like that, that didn't exist when I <laughs> even, even really, honestly, when I was a kid, it's like, you're going to burn in hell if you don't stop doing certain things. And that also right. is not, that's also not the truth though. There's, there's a nuance and there's a tightrope walk of yes, the, the belief grants salvation. But salvation is perpetuated by behavior, it's perpetuated by actions, is perpetuated by who you are. And all of that stems from the condition of your heart. Everything you do, everything you right. say, how you treat anybody in your life, it all stems from the condition of your heart. And that's what I believe is drastically and dramatically shifted or altered or awakened, whatever you want to say, when you have that realization, which is salvation and i feel like so many people don't have that and i th- i think it's because how would they if they're taught so much wrong stuff right. like how do you right. come to that realization if what you're already being taught is not true and i think that's why so few people are actually getting there anymore and the people that do mm-hmm. are struggling like all of you guys yeah. you you all got there but then you were in churches and it it muddied the water for most of you, right in one regard or another. And then it made it hard for you to develop that into something that would perpetuate something good. And that's you all have these crazy stories, because of that. <laughs> and that's, that's horrible. And you, you guys are just like the strong ones who were able to come out of it. Think about how many people just quit. Because I talked yeah. to them all the time. These people who just stop they're like, I can't do this. This is trash. Mm-hmm. Everything you guys teach is contradictory. And then think about just normally um, logical thinkers. They all become atheists because they, they think Christianity makes no damn sense. Because the way we teach right. it makes no damn sense. It's the most illogical thing ever. And it's the reason I struggle with it for a very long time. Anybody who's a critical thinker, you, you can't genuinely be taught this crap that they're teaching in churches and be like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's logically consistent. I'm following and tracking with you totally. It's like, no, you're teaching this one week. It contradicts what you taught last week. We're just going to ignore the fact that the Bible contradicts itself in certain points. We're going to ignore the fact that so much has been changed. But I'll stay and I'll seek God and I'll try to build this relationship with something that you guys are kind of telling me is bullshit. You're kind of telling me it's not true to begin with. Because you're going back and forth and it just depends on what you're teaching today. What principles you're going to abide by? What message are you trying to get across? And then that's what I'll teach you. But then if those if those ideologies conflict with my message next week, I'm not going to talk about them. I'm going to talk about something else. And I'm going to back up my message that week. And you weave this web of inconsistency, which comes out as lies. And all these people get lost. It's super sad.
1: Well, that's what makes me so mad about the children. I need mean, to mess with children. That's the thing that makes me the most mad. Yes. Because, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah,
2: they are the future, and it's terrifying to see some of these kids running around.
0: You guys better be raising your kids right. You better you better get you better I'm get theological and scriptural by the time they're like five years old at the latest and just start teaching them. <laughs> open mind, open heart. All personally, the right what way. I want to
2: do is I want to start reading the Bible to my son, um, and obviously I'm going to start from Old Testament and work my way up to the New Testament, Yeah. but my concern is that he's going to start asking me questions that I'm not going to know the answer to.
0: Yeah, well, um, know, know the answers, for sure. For sure.
2: Yeah. So, personally, I'm absolutely terrified of being lukewarm, um, but I have gotten rid of some of the things that i was addicted to and i started just saying no i'm not gonna do this god told me no so i'm gonna do it
0: yeah i'm gonna follow him yeah but here here's here's good advice for and this goes for with kids or with anybody because that's i think that's one of our verses actually here too is oh man uh, basically, it's the verse talking about apologetics, being ready to defend your faith. I know I have it here, but I don't want to fight through all it. Be everybody, and this is a good, it's a good way, and it's not, it's not a totally true way or like surefire, but a, a good way to kind of see if somebody's on the lukewarm spectrum is to ask them hard questions. Somebody who's lukewarm doesn't study the Bible, truly. They might read it. They don't study it. Someone who's lukewarm doesn't pray diligently. They're going to have a hard time answering questions about that. Somebody who's lukewarm will have a difficult time answering even kind of basic Christian concepts. They'll be able to parrot whatever is told in church for sure, but they won't be able to have an actual conversation with you about it. So if you can't have a conversation with somebody, it's a good indication they're lukewarm. But the advice is this, is when you read to your kid, if you're not confident in your understanding, read ahead, read whatever you're going to read them the day before. Take notes, do a study on it, come ask somebody who does know, and then see so that any of the potential questions they ask, you know the answer to, because you should anyways. So then you you not only get the information for yourself, which you should already have, but you also prepare yourself to be able to discuss that with your kid. But that goes for anybody, whether it's like a spouse or a kid or a random person. If you're going to go evangelize a certain section of the Bible, please, for the love of God do apologetic work ahead of time because people, Mm -hmm. especially today, there are so many people who are not Christian that I guarantee know more about the Bible than you. It's, it's kind of crazy. I've had crazy theological discussions with atheists where I was like, wow, you guys are, you're more intelligent than 99% of Christians I've met my entire life, including some professors. Like some of these people are educated. And for a lot of them, It's because they went through the motions and by the end of it, they were so sick of it that they just swore it off, but they still know it all. They understand it all and they'll, they'll give you a run for your money. But if you're going to read to your kid, just read it ahead of time. Think about what would I ask if I didn't know any of this and then find the answers to the questions. But that's a good thing for kids to ask that. It's a great, my kid asks me stuff all the time and I am dead honest about 100% of it, no matter how hard it is and no matter how brutal it is because <laughs> we're in the New Testament or the Old Testament right now. So some of it is brutal, brutal, rough, but I, I do not sugarcoat
1: I like it. That you that's how you get a lot of atheists and stuff. It's like the, the lukewarm parents and their kids asking questions and they lead them in circles. And then when they finally get old enough, they're like, hey, they've been telling me you know,
0: contradictory. for Yes. Yes. Dude, a hundred percent, a hundred percent that, I mean, partially that was me, that was me to a degree, but that's so, that's so many people, your parents, as soon as you're old enough to realize your parents are dumb. And I I mean that with love, but realize like your parents are lying to you the entire time and you've been asking them questions and now you're old enough to realize everything they ever told you made no damn sense whatsoever. Like, yeah, you're going to be done. And be like, no, thanks. Not for me. If you get lied to your entire childhood, it's going to be real hard to come back around. For sure. And mostly just out of lack of motivation. Who's going to want to spend the time it takes to actually find those answers now? You're just going to assume they were lying or that they're dumb. And I think that's what most kids think who have Christian parents is I think they think they're dumb. Because if they ever test them, they come across as dumb. Yeah, It's hard to get on board with that.
1: So basically, if any of our kids turn out bad, it's your fault, Joe. We're going to ask you
0: questions. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. Eventually, all the kids will run their own Discord. They'll have a kid Discord. And they'll do their own thing. Hopefully, I can raise my kid right enough that she'll come on here and yell and teach the Bible someday, too. Uh, it, It seems to me that once you believe on Christ, you want to do better. Your ambitions change. You want to align with God's will and not have the message change or twisted to align with your wants. Yeah. And will, yeah, a hundred percent. And mystic, I need you to read that without anything that's else a, said, I just need you like, to read. What
2: is that. a good study Bible yeah, like, that you would recommend?
0: That's easy to read or that's an actual study Bible. Both doesn't exist. <laughs> you can kind of uh, have, okay. you can kind of have one or the other, Uh but that's not, that's not really true. I'm kind of being dramatic. It's, it's really hard yeah. to have both, but I would
2: uh, for a beginner
0: to study what kind of a little bit of everything, words, translation, like, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. get a get a Halley's handbook. Um, It's one of these ones I have right here. Halley's Bible handbook. It goes over geography, it goes over notes about things. Um, but it's this. And I, I understand it's backwards, but that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah i've been looking for one of those i like mine too just this i've seen it around lately more
0: so yeah that's see. that's a good bible that's a good little study bible those are cheap too so you can get those and you're not going to break your bank uh this yeah, i honestly yeah. i don't know how much this is this is like 40 bucks or at least it was so now it's probably like a thousand dollars because this was 15 years ago okay. um but it's really can good
2: the, a couple on amazon
0: I mean, there's a lot of good ones. If you want, if you want, just send me whatever you've got. And I'll like, I'll check it out for you before you buy it. But this will have, it'll have every book. This will have like every book in it. And then it's got no actual scripture. So you have to have your Bible, but it gives you like, it gives you the overall context. It gives you geographic locations. It talks about some of the word translations. It expands on things like it's real good. So if you have this with the Bible, uh, it's All it's right, really, I really go. good. to go.
1: The wife's home with the
0: kids.
2: Love All you guys. Right. Love you. Love
0: you. We'll right. See you Thursday. Yes sir. Yes <laughs> sir. Um, yeah. I don't know. If you want to send me whatever you got, I'll tell you.
2: I was looking up But the
0: Hallie's Hallie's is really good. I'm uh I'm a big fan of that. Oh man, I'm lagging. All right, I think we're good now yeah that's it okay is that the deluxe edition
2: uh yes
0: okay and does it have the old and the new testament
2: uh it just says niv
0: just make sure it has the old and new i think it does though if it's 50 bucks mm. I'm trying to see there was another one that I really like yes,
2: it is Genesis to Revelation.
0: Alright, yeah, you're good then. I really like it. It's great. And it's like it's real paper. It's like high quality paper. And they have pictures okay. in there. See, so they'll show you like s- some of what like the prisons look like They'll show. It'll give you just a lot of context to kind of understanding and being able to visualize mm-hmm. things better.
2: I still have my old on guard book back when I was getting into apologetics.
0: Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. There's a really good book called uh, fool's talk. That's about Christian apologetics. It's like the lost art of persuasion. And that's really good. It's a very old book, though. But the uh, one of the best ones for like our generation is the reason for God by Timothy Keller. That book is phenomenal. And it's because it's stupid, easy to read. He writes like very normal conversation style. But he basically goes through it's as if you were having a very long form conversation with an atheist of today. So it's got like a lot of very frequently asked questions, frequent contention points, Big Bang, origin. It's got like anything like a, a stereotypical atheist would ever ask you. Cons- logical consist inconsistencies in the Bible, contradictions in the Bible, all that stuff, and he just responds to it. And Timothy Keller, just as a writer, is really easy. To, he also read or he also wrote The Reason for Marriage, which is one of, if not my absolute favorite book I've ever read in my life. It's so good about like, what, what is Christian marriage? What is your marriage to look like? What are the principles behind it? How to have a good marriage? It's I read, I read it at least like once every two years. I'm I'm reading it right now, actually on, on, uh, it's on audible when I'm driving, but it's a phenomenal book. Whether you're in a great marriage, whether you're in a rough marriage, whether you're not married, I think literally anybody who ever wants to be married should read that book. It's so, so, so good. Uh, Jillian, what do you think about Holman? You mean the Holman translation of the Bible? While you answer that, I'm going to read another one of these. And then i um, got like 10, 15 minutes, and then I've got to run. All right, where was, man, there was another real good one. Here's another Timothy. Now the spirit excessively says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And I I attribute much of this to the paganism on TikTok, the prophetic stuff on TikTok. I feel like these people have completely given themselves over to, to some kinds of spirits because some of the stuff I watch is truly scary. Uh, Holman, Joe Holman for a translation. Uh, I, my opinions I think is okay. I don't know why you'd use it because there's definitely some better ones as a commentary in a handbook. I'd have to go through it honestly. I don't I don't like to speak on things I'm not confident on. I'm not confident. I've read I've read through their translation and um, some comparisons of the translation. I've used the commentary for sure a few times, but like to make a a general statement about the commentary as a whole, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing. I feel like Holman's kind of relatively reliable though. And when I, when I have used it, it's, been, it's definitely been reliable. But as a whole, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look. And the handbook, I don't know anything about. But if, if the translation's good, which is good, it's not great, but it's good. And if the commentary's good, which in my experience, it's been good, then the handbook is probably good. It's probably all right. But I do feel like there are better options. So if you if you were just kind of stuck on it then maybe try something else just to see and you might still like the Holman and the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that everything is translated wrong so I don't you know it's just like which wrong one do you want really Uh best translation word for word is ESV um or NASB but ESV is just the revised version of it but I that's the closest in my opinion That you get to a word for word accurate translation of the Bible for like a mix of readability and accuracy. The NIV is good for that, which is why that's the most common translation of the Bible. And then for just readability, either like the message or the new living translation. But in recent editions of the new living translation, they've actually kind of shifted more to a word for word, which is good. But it's still relatively readable. But the ESV yeah. is the best. The ESV is what I use for for literally everything. Unless I'm actually reading in uh Greek or Hebrew. Or doing a the study in Greek or Hebrew.
2: The Bible that I have um is NLT, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's NLT.
0: Yeah, that's and it's good. It used to be a paraphrase, but I think I think in the last um few editions, they've moved more to like a, a paraphrase slash word for word. Which is, I mean, it's good. Because then you get kind of a mix of both. Which is more or less what the uh, NIV is. Mm-hmm. But the New Living Translation is we'll good. Most most people do. They made it really yeah. easy to read. That's, that's why it's the most common one. Oh yeah, I encountered a lady on TikTok that claimed to be a prophet. And claimed that God told her to reinforce and uphold all the Old Testament laws. Or death and destruction. Yeah, see, we've talked about it before. If you you have to be careful on TikTok because these people are absolutely crazy. There, There is so much false prophecy going on. There's so much paganism coming back up again. And false. like Drew was kind of talking about, is like, think about the TikTok algorithm. If it does well, it's going to just perpetuate it to an unfathomable amount of people. And it's going to spread and spread and spread. And then the sick thing about social media is that There will be people that don't even believe it. But if they see algorithms perpetuating it, they see people getting famous because of it, social media famous. There are literally people who are calling themselves prophets. And there are people who are adopting paganism when they don't believe any of what they're saying. They're literally Mm -hmm. just doing it because they're gaining traction on social media and they're making money. Yeah. But then it does go out from them to a bunch of people who do believe it. So we have people who don't even believe in it. Perpetuating an ideology, a false gospel that then goes out to people who do believe it, and then those people perpetuate it further, and then you have this massive unraveling of different faith systems and just false prophecy within Christianity. I've never, ever heard some of the wild crap that I've heard on TikTok. That place is a cesspool. Agreed. I asked her which one specifically she upheld. She said all of them. She's a liar. She is a bull-faced liar. There is not a person on this planet who upholds all of Mosaic law.
2: I name dropped uh, one of the quote-unquote prophets. um, What was it, a month ago or two?
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah, should I name drop him again?
0: Yeah, do it again because I don't... Yeah, no, do it again. Um... Do it again.
2: It was... His name was... Oh, gosh. Cool Cat 2... Sorry. I gotta look back at the comments, because he was just ridiculous. He was um, claiming that Christ was coming back in June, July, then again in September, October, and I think that's when he last stopped, because um it was just getting ridiculous and people just kept on calling him out and he blocked me that's why I can't look him up again but it's just <laughs> ridiculous because I kept telling him you said the same thing in June and I showed him the book of Matthews it says no one's gonna know yeah
0: and that's no. When he
2: blocked
0: me <laughs> no yeah these people are just I I and hope none of either. them are Christian no they don't stop they keep going they keep going. I do respect and I appreciate that a lot of them are actually more open to the Apocrypha. They're more open to books like Enoch and things like that, which I, I personally have a big drive towards. And not that they're canon or anything like that. I just I think we should read all of them. And the, the reality is the, the more you dig into how the texts that we have, the books that we have, why some are included and why some are not, they're not good reasons, <laughs> just to say it very simply. They're not at all good reasons. So because of that, I I I read all of it. I read all of it. So I, I do see a much bigger push towards the Apocrypha being included or at least being considered, and I really like that. But beyond that, there's no, there's absolutely nothing positive about what these people are doing. And I hope none of them are actually like Christian because that's a huge problem. I hope they're just... Like New Testament false prophets who are just kind of full of crap. Because otherwise they're they're going to have a problem. Mystic says, that happened to me except about a guy who kept saying that the three days of darkness will happen in March. Yep, and then April. And then I told him that I think we have different Bibles. And he quoted my comment. And my mention, were flooded with people berating me for denying God's word. What? Oh, what?
2: Well, was it cool cat 7729
0: <laughs> and honey april's over so what yeah. now yeah. what now Almost over. yeah i know there's there's been a lot of them for like march and april mm-hmm. or there were i remember watching them like the uh in the winter time and look how much of that came true yeah so ridiculous i was trying to mess them it's through. almost
2: comical but it's sad because they actually have people that truly believe what yeah. these false prophets are saying that's like i want to laugh so hard but i can't because it's just sad
0: yeah i mean that's it, it would be hilarious until you think about how many people take it serious right. and then and then and how many how people that exactly oh. and then how many people watch them and take that serious and then watch them and take that serious and all of a sudden you have one dude's I'm trying to censor one guy's wild take on, on scripture or on a prophetic word from God. And you have this branch out into sometimes millions of people. And even if out of millions, only 50,000 take it serious. That's 50,000 people. That's so many people. If you think about it, like the tattoo video, I did 2 million people. What if I was lying? 2 million people watch that (laughs) 2 million people watch that and thought I was serious. And then I bet, I bet let's call a hundred thousand of the 2 million go out and tell someone else and how many people tag someone in the video. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So then those people got involved and then they took me serious. What if I was full of shit? That is so many people, so many people that are affected by something I just recorded and put on the internet. That's that's wild to me. If you actually sit and think about that, that's wild. And then the fact that we don't have that much like good content That people watch that's truly educational or that's just telling like a truly good message that's horrific that's really scary and then you wonder why culture and the faith and Christianity just in general are in such rough shape like it was already rough the early church was already rough the first century second century already rough and then now with this, with what we have through social media, I, man, I, I seriously think that both our society and the church are going to collapse. And I think it's going to be dramatic and like kind of scary from being completely honest. I don't know how long society can keep up with the craziness. And I know the church is way too weak to combat this for that long. It's going to, the church has already shifted into like, the ratio that we talk about where more people are sheep than critical thinkers whereas like in the early church that was the opposite you had some sheep but most were like critical thinkers most were like academic type people that understood and wanted to understand more and like they were intelligent that's already flipped on its head so soon i mean all the smart people are leaving church all the critical thinkers are leaving church and you just have to hope that they find something like this, something that brings them community with other people who are like them, so they can kind of keep things going. But otherwise, the the faith will collapse. But it won't look like that. It's going to look like what it looks like now. It's going to look like prosperity preachers that are called Christian, and there are congregations that are called Christian when they're not. It's going to look like these mega churches where the pastor says Christian, so the world thinks Christian. The congregants say Christian, so the world thinks Christian, but they're not. They're lukewarm. They don't understand any of it. There's no true faith behind any of it. And the faith that might be behind it is built on a false message. It's, it's built on wrong concepts. So is it faith? Is it salvation? I, I genuinely don't know. Where's the line? How lenient is God when he's like, well, you guys are teaching something totally not true. You're leading people astray. Maybe some of these people are truly seeking me. So I like to think that God like works with those individuals. But does he work with all of them? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough stuff, man. What? Okay, no, I can't. I can't. I gotta go. I gotta go. Okay. Or I'm gonna rant so hard.
2: You can yeah, yeah, yeah. So hard. Military. Sorry. Ugh.
0: All right. Oh, I love yeah, you guys. Sorry. I got to go. I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Love you all night.